I just want to thank you so much. Uh, could never tell you how much we appreciate your help, your support, your willingness to serve. Uh, last weekend with the egg hunt, with the different Easter services that we had here at the church, uh, there's no way we could have done what we did last weekend without your help, your willingness to serve, your willingness to volunteer, and give your talents and your time uh, back to God. And I just want to thank you for that. You were a huge blessing to our community last week. Uh, I was thinking uh, this week, because of, of your faithfulness and your obedience to God's call to make disciples, uh, the, through the church, we were able to touch, y'all, thousands of people's lives and show them the love of Jesus. I, I'm not making up that number. Thousands of people that... And I appreciate you being willing to do that. And because of that, because you invited so many visitors. Man, I said in the, the service last week, especially that Saturday night service, I came in, I walked in, uh, and I looked around, and I was like, I'm, I'm at the wrong church because I don't know any of these people that are here. But that was because you were faithful to bring guests and bring visitors. And because of that, uh, we saw 25 people make a public profession of faith last week. Yeah. Nine people in the Saturday night service, 16 people in the Sunday morning uh, service experienced the miracle of the resurrection in their own lives. And so that's what it's all about. And uh, you, you were part of that. You were part of that. And so I want to thank you for that. Uh, we're starting a new series today. We've been talking about hope for the last several weeks. And so uh, I, I wanted to uh, begin a new series today that we're calling Home Sweet Home. Uh, it's going to take us into Mother's Day as we celebrate our mothers here in a few weeks, and we're looking forward to that. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, you can be turning to uh, the book of James. I'm going to have to move this out of my way. The book of James chapter 3 in the New Testament is where we're going to be here in just a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, just kind of lay some groundwork uh, of what we're going to be doing. Uh, but we're going to be talking about home life. We're going to be talking about our, our families and uh, family dynamics uh, is what we're going to be looking about and, and focusing on. And, and you'll know about once a year, I, I like to do a series uh, speaking specifically to our, our homes and our families because uh, here's the deal. Our, our families can be a huge blessing, right? We, there can be a lot of joy, a lot of laughter, uh, a lot of happiness and, and meaning uh, in family. It gives us some purpose. But we also know this is that families can be incredibly challenging, right? I mean, uh, in fact, it doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter how much you read your Bible, uh, how much education you have, how many parenting books that you may have read. You know, family can be challenging uh, and at times challenging for everybody. And sometimes it can just get downright messy. And as I was thinking about this and what we're going to be talking about, it reminded me uh, back during the Christmas holidays, uh, both boys were home. Hunter was still at home. He hadn't moved out yet. Hayden had come home for Christmas break. And I came home from work uh, one day, and I went to put something in the trash when I got home. 
And we have, we have this uh, trash thingy. I'm not even sure what it's called, but it's in the island of our kitchen. And you open the cabinet door, and it actually pulls out. We have two trash cans in this pull-out thing because one isn't enough, right? I mean, one trash can is not enough uh, in your house. And, and so I go to throw away some trash. I open the door to the cabinet. I go to pull this thing out of the cabinet, and it's stuck. And being the engineer that we established last week that I am, uh, you know, I kind of got down on a knee to see what, was, what the problem was, why this thing wasn't coming out. And, and there is so, I kid you not, there is so much trash piled up in these two trash cans that they won't even come out of the cabinet, right? And, and so, you know, I, I kind of look up in there and there's trash everywhere. I can't get it out. And, and, and I don't know why. You know, because, uh, and my wife, is, she's going to give me some grief about this, but, but nobody in our family, including me, ever wants to take out the trash, right? And, and I don't understand that. So we, what we do is we just keep mounding it up, right? Now, I know your family's not as disgusting as mine, but we just keep mounding up the trash. And, and honestly, it sometimes it takes more time to balance that last piece of trash on top of the pile than it actually would have taken to take the trash out right? And, and so anyway, so I'm trying to get this thing to slide out. It's making a, a, a huge, huge mess. There's trash falling everywhere. There's coffee grounds that are dumping out. There's pork chop bones, you know, the, the, you know the mess. It, it is absolutely horrible. Uh, and, and so uh, anyway, I, I was sitting there thinking <laughs> if I was spiritually mature, which is a big if, right? Uh, I'm not as perfect as some of you here, but if I was, you know, I, I would have been like, while I was dealing with that mess and, and that trash, I, I would have been like, you know, I understand everybody in our family is, is really busy and, and they've got a lot going on. And, and you know, I probably uh, if I would have taken that trash out this morning, it wouldn't be such a mess and wouldn't be all mounded up, you know, and, and I'm just thankful that we have trash, you know, I'm thankful that we have we, we can afford food and we can afford stuff that makes trash. And, you know, God is so good that we have trash piled up and mounded up in, in our home. And, and uh, if I was perfect like that, I probably would think something like that, right? But I'm not. And so I'm having an come from together moment with the coffee grounds and the pork chop bones and the trash can. And what's really going through my mind is this, you know, really? There's four people that live in this house. It's 20 feet from this trash can to where we take the trash in the garage, you know? And so I'm, I'm having this meltdown moment. I'm sitting there thinking, I've worked all day long. I've come home. I'm exhausted you know, all, all I do at work anyway is just serve other people. I just do what they want me to do, you know, and all, all I'm doing, I'm just a servant to everybody. And then I come home and, uh, you know, to this mess, to this trash and yada, 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 and I'm having to clean this mess up. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? Can anybody relate? Huh? Huh? Now, that's actually what, what I thought. But here's the deal. Family is messy. And either your family is creating a mess or your family is the mess, right? And, and so whatever it is, we've got to learn how to, how to deal with that mess. We've got to learn how to deal with that. If we're going to get some of the sweet back into the home sweet home, 
right? We're going to have to learn to deal with that and what God's word says to us and speaks into our lives about that. And if we're all honest today, sometimes our homes are not always that sweet, right? And and that's okay because, you know, we live in a fallen, uh, we live in a broken world. We we know that and none of us are perfect. And, And just so you know, those people who are perfect those people who got it all together, those people who don't have any family issues or any family problems at all, they go to a different church, okay? <laughs> they don't attend here because, you know, the families I know, including my own, we've got issues, right? And so, but listen, you've got to love the family that you have, okay? You've got to love the family that you have, not the family you wish you might have had. Right? You got to love the kids that you have, not the kids that you wish that you would have had. You got lo- to even love the in-laws that you have, even though they may not be the in-laws that you thought that you have. We've got to love God in the situation that we're in, okay? Even if that situation isn't the one that you thought you might find yourself in. And when we do that, I think we can put a little more sweet into our home, sweet home. And so we're going to be kicking off this today in the book of James, chapter 3. We're going to pick it up at verse 13. Uh, But first, I think it's important to point out here that that James was the brother of Jesus. And I always, anytime I'm reading from the book of James, I just think about what James's life, you know, must have been like. Imagine what it would be like to grow up with Jesus as your brother, right? I mean, I, I, you can almost hear Mary, uh, their mother, you know, pull James aside and be like, James, why can't you be more like your brother, you know? <laughs> and, and so James, you know, I, I'm sure he, he probably had some issues because he, he could never ever measure up to the Lord, right? I mean, his brother, uh, Jesus, just think about it. when James opened his eyes in the morning, he had already underachieved anything that Jesus might do that day, right? And so I'm sure James had some issues, but regardless of what issues James might have had or family issues that might have come from that, uh, later on, James becomes uh, a, a leader in the church. And uh, so he, he's not really writing this scripture that we're looking at specifically to families, but he's writing it to church families who have got some issues and they're bicker, bickering, they're arguing, you know, just a, a lot of issues going on. And here's what James says in James chapter 3 and verse 13. He says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it, Right? If you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by how? By living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from this wisdom that he's speaking about. So God's wisdom in our lives, don't miss this, the result of what he's saying here is going to be humility in our own lives, okay? And and humility is not so much that you think Uh, less of yourself, all right, but humility means that you think less about yourself, all right? Not that you think less of yourself, but you think less about yourself, thinking more about other people, thinking more about their needs, thinking more about what's going on in, in, in their lives. That's the wisdom that comes from God. Then he says this in verse 14, he says, but if you are bitterly jealous 
and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and, and, and lying. And I think what he's getting at here uh, is this. When we have jealousy and we have bitterness uh, in our hearts, sometimes we don't acknowledge that, right? And when we have resentment in our hearts, sometimes we cover that up or or we even will try to justify it uh, with all kinds of of different things. James, James, you know, says, don't try to cover it up. And then he says this in verse 15. He said, for jealousy and selfishness, are not God's kind of wisdom. These things are earthly, unspiritual, and he even goes on to say demonic, right? So he's contrasting two kinds of wisdom here that we can live by, basically is what he's doing. There's God's wisdom, which is filled with humility, and then there's earthly wisdom that's driven by selfishness, self-centeredness, and jealousy. And then he says in verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, what are you going to find? Disorder. Right? Wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So James is basically laying out a plan for us and our families and our homes to use when it comes to relationships, family relationships, any kind of relationships. And if we'll start to deal with jealousy, he says, and the self-centeredness that we have in our own hearts, right, and introduce humility into that, God's wisdom into our lives, then we'll have a lot more sweet in our home sweet home. So the first challenge I see here, when I was reading this, I immediately thought, I see James' first point right here, and for us today. Stop with the selfies. <laughs> Do you not see that when you're reading this? I mean, it just was obvious to me as I'm reading this. I'm like, James said, stop with the selfies. And James didn't even know what a selfie was, but this is what he was saying in the S-G-I-T translation, N-I-V, whatever. You know, James didn't know what a selfie was, but as I read this, I'm like, you know, stop the madness. Cut it out. And we talked about this a few weeks ago about the perfect selfie and all that. And I couldn't figure out why everybody held their camera up or their phone up here to take a selfie. But some of y'all knew, and I was shocked. It's to hide that chin you had under there. I had no idea. But anyway, yeah, you know, but, but seriously, do we not live in a selfie culture? I, I mean, you know, th- there's never been a generation in the history of civilization that has taken more pictures of themselves, right? I mean, think about it. We, and we've got, you know, we've got Facebook selfies. We've got Twitter selfies. We've got Instagram selfies. We've got Snapchat. And has there ever been a generation more focused on themselves and their appearance and how they look than the generation that we're living in today? No way, is there? I mean, absolutely not. It's a selfie culture. And so we need to be careful about what this selfie culture is doing to our hearts. Right? And and what's even crazier is we take these selfies and, and these pictures now, and we have the ability to edit them because we don't like the way we look. Right? There's an app for that. And so we can take out the blemishes and the, the wrinkles and the, the bags under the eye and the second chin and the third chin, right? 
You can even whiten your teeth without actually whitening your teeth, right? You're putting your dentist out of business because there's an app for that, right? And so, you know, this week we, we took uh, new staff pictures. We've got a new website that we're, we, we've rolled out. I say we, basically Hunter has rolled it out, and, and we're still fine-tuning. We've got some bugs with it we're working through. But we were taking pictures this week because they decided we needed new staff pictures. And so, anyway, we took these pictures, and, and Hunter... He not only leads worship and plays the guitar, he doesn't just sit around here and do that all day, every day, right? He's our technical guy and takes care of all this stuff for us. But anyway, after we take these pictures, he calls me uh, to his office. He said, hey, I want you to, to come look at these, these pictures that we took. And so he's showing them to me, and man, they're awesome. I mean, Daniel looks great, Hunter looks great, Carla looks great, you know, and he pulls up my picture, and I'm like, man, I look great. You know? And he said, you want to see the originals? <laughs> Look at those eyes. Those are eyes that have been through a weekend of Easter at Greenbrier Nazarene. There's bags, there's wrinkles. But look, the dude on the right. I mean, I, I, when I looked at that, I was like, hey, that's awesome. That's not what I look like, but I like it. Put it on the website. So we're doing some false advertisement, right? But seriously, we focus on... Get that off. Please get that off the screen. <laughs> we focus on the external instead of the internal. But, but let's not miss in all of this that the most important thing is not the external, right? But the internal and what's going on in our, our hearts and what's going on in our relationship with God. We've got to focus on the inside, James is saying, uh, and not the external. And he's challenging us, you know, don't look at the selfie, at the outside view of things. Look at the inside selfie. Look at what's actually going on uh, in the heart because that, let me tell you something, what is going on in your heart is what's going to make the biggest impact on your home. What's going on in the heart is what's going to make the biggest impact on your family and your relationships and your relationship uh, with God. And he lists two things that we have to deal with on the inside there in verses 14, 15. He mentions jealousy and he mentions selfishness. These two things right here, I believe, do more harm to families and homes than anything else. And James speaks specifically to them. These are two huge areas in our hearts and in our lives that we need to pay attention to. And you may be thinking here this morning, well, you know, I, I'm not really jealous of anybody. But that word uh, jealousy here can also be translated as resentment. Okay? And, and so maybe instead of asking the question, is there anybody in my family that I'm jealous of, maybe we should look at it like this today. Is there anybody in my family or in my relationships that I have some resentment toward? Right? And, and maybe you feel like in your family that you're being treated differently. Maybe you felt like, you know, the way that, that you were treated compared to others in the family wasn't fair. Now, I, I can, I can kind of see how some people would feel that way because there always is a favorite child, all right? And you can just say that there's not and be a liar, but there's always a favorite child, right? And it's always the youngest. That was me, all right? My sister's here. She said amen, yes. 
It's always the youngest. And so if you're not the youngest child, you probably got some issues with resentment toward the youngest child in your life. Right? Because you weren't treated as, as fairly. Uh, and maybe there's a little resentment there. Maybe you look at some of your friends' families and you think, man, they've got some awesome families. I wish my family could be like that. You know, I wish I had a family like that. And so you begin to not even knowingly, you know, not even understanding that it's happening. You begin to resent your family because your family's got issues and their family looks perfect. And so there's a little resentment there uh, because if you could have picked your family, maybe you wouldn't have picked the one that you have. But here's the deal. When you allow resentment to build up in your heart, it begins to affect everything about your life. It begins to affect the way, not only the way that you live, but it begins to affect the way that you think uh, as well. And, and before we know it, uh, if we're not careful and we allow this resentment to be, build in our lives, the person that we become is negative, right? And we're negative about everything. We're negative about everybody, and in the end, can I tell you where you're going to end up? You're just going to end up being an angry, bitter person. And oh, by the way, alone. Because nobody wants to be around anyone like and so do you see what, what James is saying here? And, and, and none of us want, would want to be like that. I believe, you know, all of us, you know, if we could, you know, we, we would want to change that about ourselves if, if any of that is there. And I believe we all could uh, be this way if we don't address it in our hearts. We have to take this resentment that James speaks about, take it to God and ask him to give us this wisdom uh, that he's talking about here. Because if we don't deal with it, uh, let me tell you something else that's going to happen. We're just going to take all that, the bitterness, that anger, uh, and all that negativity, and we're just going to pass that along to our kids, okay? Because they're going to pretty much, most of the time, kids follow the example of, our, of their parents, all right, so we're just going to pass that on to our kids, and they're just going to pass it on, on to our grandkids. And I don't want that for my kids or my grandkids or my life, and I don't believe that you do either. And so we've got to deal with that stuff in our hearts that are not of God, and he'll help us. He'll help us with it uh, as well. Maybe you're here today, and, and you're frustrated with your family. Maybe you're frustrated with a situation in your family. But here, here's the deal. Maybe instead of focusing on them... Maybe instead of focusing on whoever it is you're frustrated with or aggravated with or whatever, instead of focusing on them, maybe you need to look at your own selfie on the, on the inside because James says that's where the issue really is. It's in us. It, it's in you. And I'll tell you another place where this resentment and jealousy can build up, and that's in the distribution of responsibilities at home. And we, uh, and right now I'm preaching to myself, Lynette's back there, <laughs> preach it, yeah, you know, come on, and, you know, but we talk about this in our marriage group that we have in our home, and by the way, if you haven't been through it, uh, Lynette and I just uh, take six weeks uh, to encourage some couples in our home. We normally have four couples at a time, four or five couples. Uh, we have openings in August and October. There's a sign-up sheet out there uh, in the foyer. We currently have had about 30 couples uh, come through this group and just a tremendous time for Lynette and I, but uh, a lot of uh, families have been encouraged and helped uh, through that. But anyway, we, uh, we talk about this, part of this in 
in this marriage group that, that we host, and, and I'll be honest, seriously, I do still have a lot of, of work to do here because here's what happens. Typically in our society today, the husband and the wife both work. Okay, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. All right, I understand uh, every side of that, but but in a lot of situations, the husband and the wife both have full time job, full time jobs. But here's what happens sometimes: in that, you both come home, right? You're both tired, you're both exhausted, but one family member may be carrying the load even after they get home, right? One, one family member may be carrying the majority of the weight when it comes to cooking, dishes, laundry, cleaning, taking care of the kids and all that. And then the other family member gets home tired, exhausted as well, and they plop down on the couch or in the recliner and they get on their phone or they turn on ESPN, right? And I'm not being gender specific here because this could go either way. Just telling you how it was at my house. <laughs> was at my house, right? But, but anybody kind of picking up what, what I'm talking about here? And, and can I just tell you, you know, you may think it's okay. And I thought it was okay because I was kind of raised in a situation like that. You know, my mom and dad, they both worked. My mom got home, she cooked supper, she did the laundry, she took care of the kids, she did all that. My dad got home from work, he was tired, he was exhausted. He sat down in the chair and watched the news. I thought that was normal. And so I tried that in my home for a while. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you, that is not normal. That is, is not even cool. Uh, But you may think that it's okay, but I can promise you if that is what is going on in your home, you're in big danger of resentment building up, right? You're in big danger. And before you know it, that person that's carrying the load, that feels like they're carrying the weight of the entire family, you you know what's going to eventually happen? They're going to take that home sweet home sign and they're going to bust it over your head. And I got the scars to prove it. <laughs> you know? But seriously, when, when that happens to a family, when that is happening within the dynamics of a family, resentment is there. And it begins to grow, especially if you're both working and one person is carrying the load, carrying the majority of the work at home. And listen, if you're both working, then it all has to be equal when you get home. Okay, one person can't handle everything. And and, and like I said, I'm preaching to myself here, but at least now I'm aware uh, and I'm trying. Lynette, am I doing better? Please tell me I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Uh, But if that's building in your heart and life, if you feel that resentment, that frustration, the worst thing that you can do is suppress it and ignore it. All right. Um, in the, some of the video stuff that we use in this marriage group, Dr. Harley, he even says, you know, I, I, encourage, I encourage in a marriage for there to be more complaining because it's often the things that aren't shared that build up and blow up, right? And, and so I, I would just encourage you to find the right time If you feel this building, if this resentment is there, if this is going on, I I would encourage you to find the right time, the right place to have a conversation. 
right? Don't do it in anger. Do it out of respect, you know, but say, look, I'm feeling this. These are... These are, are, are my emotions and, and how I feel. Could we just talk about some of the responsibilities that are being shared uh, in our, our home and just work through those issues? Because here's the deal. I'm going to tell you, the way someone feels is not debatable. You cannot argue about the way someone feels. It's just how they feel. All right? And, and, and so uh, any, if you're, you know ever going to get the sweet back in home sweet home, then you're, you're going to have to have some of these discussions about things that may be building up because resentment doesn't just go away. It, it doesn't just disappear. It doesn't just go away. It just builds and builds and builds and builds and then it explodes. And all the time, that bomb could have been diffused a long time ago if you'd have just been willing to talk about it. And to share your emotions and your feelings. So James is encouraging us here. God's wisdom, doing it God's way, looks different than the way that everybody else is doing it. Okay? Doing it God's way will be different than the way that everybody else does it. God's way is done with humility. And remember what we said about humility when we started here. Humility think, uh, means that you think less about yourself right? And you think more about other people. You think more about what their needs are. You think more about what their feelings are and, and what's going on in, in their lives. That's the wisdom that comes from God that James is, is speaking about. And I don't claim to have all the answers because you can tell I'm just a fellow struggler. I mean, I've got my trash, I've got my issues, you know, I've got my scar and all that. So I don't claim to have all the answers. But let me tell you something. If you're struggling with family, if you're struggling with some relationships in your life, then listen, you're just like me, all right? And you're just like everybody else, okay? If there's drama, drama's normal, all right? If it's messy, that's normal. But what we want to do is understand this. It's not normal just to accept it. It's not normal just to stay that way and to keep living that way. And so James gives us some encouragement here. Look at verse 17. He says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. So think about it now. What would it look like this week if we were to pattern our lives out of, after this one verse right here in the Bible? To be peace-loving, to be gentle at all times, and be willing to yield to others. What if, what if this week you continually reminded yourself of this verse? I'm going to be peace-loving, I'm going to be gentle at all times, and willing to to yield to others. And then he goes on. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's always sincere. There it is again. What can I do for others? What can I do to help the others in my home and in my family and in my relationships? This is huge. And then he says this in verse 18. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of what? Peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Don't miss this. 
people of humility are not concerned about just being right. You know anybody like that? Don't punch them. <laughs> people of humility are not concerned about just being right. They're more concerned that their family is right. Okay? People of humility are less concerned about being heard and more concerned about hearing others. If you want your home and your family and your relationships to be a little bit sweeter, just give those people an opportunity to share where they're at and what they're going through and how they feel. And then don't argue with them, <laughs> right? Don't argue. You don't debate them and try to convince them how they feel is somehow wrong because their feelings are not wrong. It's simply how they feel. And God's wisdom says, listen to that. Be peacemakers, right? Be gentle at all times. Be willing to yield to others, and I promise you, if you live by God's wisdom in these areas of your life, your home will become more sweeter. Your home will become more peaceful. And God will move in that and, and do what only he can do in our lives and in our, in our homes if we're living by his plan, if we're living by his wisdom. And I also understand that some of you have been hurt deeply by family members I know that. I know that that takes place and that happens. But maybe this week you would just say, you know, I, don't, I didn't get to choose my family, but I can make the choice to love the family I have. Right? That's a decision that you make in your own heart and in your life. I didn't get to choose my family, but I can make the choice to love the family I have, not the family that I wish I had. Right? I, I can make the choice to deal with the resentment that I have in my own heart. And you may not be able to get to the place where you can ever trust that family member again. They may never be trustworthy again and you can may never trust them and everything be rosy and everything be, be good. But listen, you can still do what you can do. All right? And you can still try to live at peace with all people and forgive and you move forward, even if they're not willing to, right? And maybe you're here today and, and, and you live alone and you're sitting there thinking, well, I could have slept in today because this, fa this message don't even apply to me, right? Um, and maybe you don't have the family dynamics that, that we're talking about here. Uh, but listen, God's wisdom that James is speaking to and these principles that we've been talking about today apply to all of our relationships, it replies to every relationship in all of our lives. And so James is encouraging all of us in our homes, in our families, in all of our relationships, live lives of humility. That's God's way. That was Jesus' example for us. Live lives of humility. Be peace lovers. Be peacemakers. Be gentle at all times, even when the trash is... I'm working on it. All right, I'm working on it. Don't judge me. Be gentle at all times and be willing to yield. This is the hardest one. Be willing to yield to others because it's not all about us. The world says it is, all right? The world says it's all about you, but God's wisdom says it's all about others. 
It's all about others. It's still going to be frustrating at times, and it's still going to be messy, and you may still walk in and have your version of trash all piled up. It may be there when you get home uh, today, but we can still choose to respond. We can choose how we respond to everything, and we can still choose how we respond to that in a way that honors God. And here's the deal. If you want to have peace in your family, if you want to have peace in your home, then you've got to have peace with God first. You've got to have peace with God. And when you experience peace with God in your life, he'll help you. (laughs) He'll help you. And the greatest thing that you can do for your family is to make sure that you're right with God. The greatest thing that you can do to improve your home life, your family, and your relationships is to make sure that you're right with God and you're living by godly wisdom and by these directions that we have here. And I promise you, when you're right with God and God is in it, God is helping you and and, and you're living by his wisdom, your life will be sweeter. Your life will be sweeter. And yes, you can have a, a home, sweet home and a better life. He wants that for you, right? I want that for you. I want that for me, right? And so that's how I'm praying for all of us as we go through these series the next few weeks, that God will not only do a work in our home, but he'll do a work in us because the change begins with us. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today so much for your presence that we've sensed and felt here today, the opportunity to worship you today with our family opportunity to be able to be encouraged by your word not just encouraged by your word today but challenged by your word today and we understand and realize that every single one of us is is a work in progress you say that you're shaping us and molding us and and making us into who you want us to be and and that's into your image and so we understand that that we're not finished as long as we're here you're still working on us and so today i pray that we would we we would take your word that you've spoken into our hearts today and we would allow that to change us deep inside that your Holy Spirit would stir within us these ideas uh, of, of what your wisdom is and what that looks like. And it looks like humility. It looks like uh, a peacemaker. It looks like gentleness. It, it, it looks like you. And so, God, I just pray that uh, uh, you would help us. We need your help. Uh, you've given us the wisdom. You've given us the knowledge. And now we need to apply it and Through the power of your Holy Spirit, we can do that in our lives. And so I pray that every single one of us, as we return to our homes today, would return changed and different and not the way that we walked out the door this morning. But God, I just pray that you bring healing to some relationships. I pray that you would bless some homes in a big way. We've seen you doing some tremendous works uh, in some homes and in some families. And actually, we just kind of sat back and, and said, wow, and it's blown our minds at some of the things that you've done. But that's who you are. That's how you work. And it's in and through our faithfulness and our obedience. So shape us, mold us, make